Hello and welcome to Ditching Hourly. I'm Jonathan Stark. Today I'm joined by guest Pascal Cote, who's the director of SEO at Bloom Search Marketing. Pascal, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. Thanks for having me today. Can you tell folks a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm the director of SEO at Bloom Search Marketing. We're an SEO PPC agency based in Montreal, Canada. Um, I've been working in the digital marketing field for almost the past 10 years now, uh, but I found my true calling in uh, in SEO, and I started as a web developer uh, about 10 years ago. Excellent. I, I want to jump into the questions, but first I have to uh, set the stage. So the topic for today is how an agency could think about transitioning to value-based pricing model. And this is a, a really common question. I know that a lot of agencies have a hard time with this, and we exchanged some emails and you know you were able to um, uh, agree to come on the show, so that's great. Uh, so uh, let's start off by sharing a little bit about the makeup of the agency. You know, like especially how many employees there are, what kinds of products and services that you sell, to set the context of where you're currently at, so we could talk about some possibilities uh, for moving toward value pricing. Absolutely. So in terms of agency, we're now uh, uh, a few more than 50 people. So we're 52 officially, technically, and uh, we sell various uh, different digital services such as SEO, so search engine optimization, uh, paid media services on Google, on Facebook and on other search engines as well. Uh, We recently expanded our offer to social media management. Uh, conversion rate optimization, as well as email marketing. Uh, so we have a plethora of services that we can uh, take a client from A to Z, basically on the digital uh, level. Perfect. Okay, great. And how do you currently bill or price those services? <laughs> Everything is by the hour. So we have some t- internal tools that help us to estimate uh, the amount of hours a specific deliverable, uh, for example, uh, an audit for a site would take, let's say, 20 hours. And we bill hourly based on that. Mm-hmm. And do you use one rate for all different employees and all different services, or do you have different rates all over the place? Uh, it's it often depends on the service used um, as well as the importance of the project. So we don't have the same uh, billing for smaller projects versus bigger ones. Uh, so it, it depends quite a lot, but usually we have one fixed rate for standard deliverables. When you say fixed rate, you mean one fixed hourly rate for a particular deliverable? Yes, yes. Okay, so so if I wanted you to do social media marketing for me, it would be some number of dollars per hour. and how do you how let's say i was doing that what would be like the team makeup would i would i get just like one person to to just do that or would there also be maybe some sort of account manager or how how does that work yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, when you buy a service at Bloom, we always have an account manager that is responsible of uh, managing client communications. Um, you also have access, depending on the services you would buy, uh, you would either get access to a an SEO analyst, for example, or a paid media specialist or analyst, um, depending on the service. And there's always the uh, different team leads and directors that gravitate uh, around the services offered. So um, we always say that you, what you pay for, you get access to the team and not necessarily one person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not really like a consulting approach, but it's mostly having, having access to everyone. Okay. And is, is everybody on the clock or are some of those people just salaried and not billable? 
most people are on the clock. The only people that are not 100% uh, related to billable work are uh, people like myself related to upper management. So more product development or um, business development are not always uh, tied to billable. Okay. So if, I, if I've got this team from Bloom working on social media marketing for me, I'm paying X amount of dollars per hour, no matter who does what. And at the end of, I don't know, well, you tell me at the end of like, what, a week, I get a timesheet and an invoice and I'm expected to pay that. And then you keep going. Yeah, exactly. The process is usually pretty quick. And uh, the first few days are uh, reserved to get a kickoff call with the client, uh, making sure we understand their needs and their business goals. And then usually we work on a monthly basis. So every month there is a specific bank of hours, for example, uh, reserved for social media management and um, all the service has been detailed before uh, the actual signature of whatever mandate you sign for. Um, so there's already a description of the different tasks that are included in that bank of hours. What do you mean when you say bank of hours? Um, speci more specifically for SEO, for bigger clients at least, uh, we always go with a preferred roadmap and we say actions uh, X, Y, and Z will be uh, will take an average of, let's say, 40 hours a month to work with. And we align depend on the client uh, the client's goal on that end. So we can have uh, some kind of flexible um, roadmap with different actions to take every month. Okay, so, but are you billing in arrears or are you, are you, are they buying that bank of hours in advance? It's all, it's always recurring. So there's a one contract that mentions like a specific amount of, uh, we always average out the amount of hours. So let's say you get, uh, we work on your site and your site, according to our estimations would require, I don't know, uh, uh, 20 hours a month to work on to make sure all the deliverables we targeted were delivered. Um, and then so that bank of hours is expended towards specific deliverables every month. All right. So now I'm getting confused. So if I'm your client, am I paying for deliverables or hours? You technically pay for hours that are spent as deliverables or on deliverables instead of spent. Uh... So what happens if you don't? What if your estimate's wrong and it takes longer to do something than you expected? We, uh, we align straight away. It takes usually less than a week to rearrange the scope with a client. We're really transparent with them as well that uh, we were wrong about the estimates or the client comes up with different expectations or business goals. And what does that mean for me financially if I'm the client? Am I paying more or are you uh, just, you're, are you always, eating it? We always suggest, we rarely eat on uh, like our margins and whatnot. We always suggest different roadmaps. So if let's say you come back and say, oh, I wanted the social media management, but in fact, I also wanted to work on uh, some local SEO, for example. So what we do, we realign with the client. We say, okay, with the current agreement we have together, uh, we can do both services, but let's say the deliverables will either be um, delivered a bit later or uh, will take more time to do since we have to split uh, our attention on two different services. I got it. Okay. So, I mean, it's basically an ongoing project with a, a, a focus. Yes. And maybe they change the focus and you just do what they say, basically. Yeah, and, exactly. Okay. All right. So, I wasn't sure because you, when you were saying bank of hours and you were saying deliverables, I started to think, oh, well, this could be, it could be that I wasn't sure if you were actually billing for the hours or if you were imagining, estimating the hours, imagining how long it would take and then giving them like a price. But okay, so it's, it's basically straight hourly. There's no, yes. okay. Yeah. Um, all right, great. So what, 
if you, if you think through the systems there, there's probably, uh, you probably have tons of systems that are baked into the business, baked into the process for, um, tracking hours for explaining for estimating hours for tracking them for reporting them to uh, both to management and to the clients to billing for them so your invoicing systems probably hourly based on hours Um, your if you do any incentives with the employees it's probably based on hours they're probably supposed to put in a minimum of a certain number of hours per week is that all true yeah yeah it is okay and how do you pay the employees or is it on salary like monthly or are, are they basically paid hourly they have uh, everyone has a fixed yearly salary that we divide upon the uh, the amount of months worked basically well every two weeks everyone is paid with a, a standard paycheck okay whether or not they work whether or not they're billable 30 or 40 or 50 hours a week they get paid yes exactly okay so the, the original question that you sent to me was around that particular, in my, in my mind, it was around that particular rub, which is how do we know that we're making money off of any particular employee, right? Or any particular product project or any particular client? How do we know if it's profitable or not if we're giving uh, a fixed price? Yeah, exactly. It was to make the trying to tie the gap between uh, what we estimate in terms of value-based pricing up front and then in the back end, uh, how do we manage internally these uh, the switch between the hour and the value-based model? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I get this question a lot from folks where they, you know, maybe at a, a conference or some sort of meetup and I'm explaining the idea of value pricing and people yeah, I can see the people who have employees like kind of scrunching up their face like trying to figure out like like yeah I get this conceptually but how would I know if I was making money or losing money you know like if if I'm giving these fixed prices to clients uh you could air quotes lose money you know so if um let's say you know client ABC Co has the, needs you to do social media marketing for them and they say, you know, and you come to an agreement that it'll be $5,000 and then, okay, go. So project starts and you're paying your employees every month. How do you know if you broke even on the $10,000, right? That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. And that's a kind of a conversation I had yesterday with both my, uh, my team leads and product lead. And they had that exam, uh, exact same facing how do we estimate that? And I was like, yeah, that's the issue we have to solve right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a couple of, first of all, I'll start off by saying that when you have an agency that has hourly baked into the entire operating procedure, both in a cultural way and in a, you know, in software or in a physical way with invoices, it's really hard to make the shift. It's really hard because it requires a lot of reworking of, you know, it could be the way that the uh, employees are incentivized. It could be the way that um, your sales team worked. It would, it would definitely involve uh, changing the way that your employees, your sales team, uh, sorry, your sort of uh, creative execution people, your sales people, uh, the, the vision for the company, everything would be, ultimately everything would be changed. You'd be thinking yeah, about yeah. what you're delivering in a very different way. So it is very hard Uh, and something to be done in small steps, done experimentally, because, you know, you've got a lot of people's livelihood on the line. You don't want to lay people off. You don't want to get yourself into a cash flow crunch. You've got payroll comes every month, no matter what. 
So, you know, it's, it's uh, a dangerous thing to do, frankly, it's quite risky. So you want to do it in small ways to kind of get the feel for it and be like, okay, I think I understand this and, and grow it from sort of a, you know, a seed into, you know, a bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger tree and uh, create a more profitable business in the long run. But I think it would, it will take a lot of time. Absolutely. I agree. It's not an overnight change. And I've, I've read quite a lot of stuff and watched most of the videos you sent by email as well. Mm-hmm. And I do agree. It's not overnight and uh, we are set up to do some tests. We just want to make sure everything is uh, on track and realistic because if it's not, we'll just kill the project. Right. So uh, the big, the big, from a tactical standpoint, the big shift will be the way that you talk to clients. So if you're going to do value pricing, so if you're going to do value pricing, which to me means prospect comes along, maybe it's a good fit, maybe it's not. They think they need something that you do. They reach out, you set up a sales interview, you have a conversation with them. That first conversation will probably be unlike any kind of sales conversation you currently have because you will basically try to talk them out of working with you. They'll tr- you'll give them every possible cheaper option that they could do to potentially reach the goals. You would talk a lot less about, you know, is it going to be email marketing or PPC or social media marketing? You, you wouldn't talk about that as much. Um, they'll probably want to talk about it because they think that's why they're talking to you. That's probably why they called you, but that's not the focus of the conversation. That's the backdrop. The focus of the conversation is why would you bother hiring somebody expensive like us at all? What are you trying to achieve? And, And what they're trying to achieve is not to have a, they're not trying to achieve a, uh, you know, 10 step nurture campaign. They're not trying to achieve uh, full coverage in social media. They're trying to achieve business goals and those, and they believe in the client's mind, they will believe, or perhaps working with you, they believe that certain things that you can do will help them reach those goals. So if you, you know, if they come to you, I mean, all of them probably, well, you tell me, what do your clients actually want? What do you think they actually want at the end of the day? They don't want an ad campaign, right? They want what? No, usually they come to us and like, hey, I want to have more sales on whatever product I'm selling. And that's their premise usually when they come to us. Okay. And then, and, and they believe that driving more, you know, something like driving more traffic to their website might do that or increasing their conversion rate might do that. Absolutely. Or, you know, uh, having a nurture campaign might do that. So, but they don't want any of those things. You know, it's kind of like they say, nobody buys a drill because they want a drill. They buy a drill because they want a hole. (laughs) If you could sell a bag of holes, they'd buy a bag of holes. So it's like, they don't want the tool. They don't want the labor. They don't want the time. They don't want it to take a long time. If it could take one day, it would be way better than it taking six months. That would be fabulous. It would be better for them, even if they paid the same Mm -hmm. amount. So when you get into those meetings, what you, what you would want to do is let them brain dump about what it is that they think they want you to do. Uh, ah, you know, we've been thinking about it. We've been talking about what we need done. And we're pretty sure that if we could just increase the, you know, if we could just double the num- amount of traffic that came to our website, we could increase our sales by 25% because we're really confident in our conversion rate. Like once people are on our site, they buy, we just need to get them to the site. So like, okay. And then you sort of, uh, p- sort of push back on that, explore that, drill deeper into it and start to understand, okay, so what you really want to do is increase sales. And there's a bunch of things we could do for you to increase sales. Maybe SEO is one of the things, maybe social media, you know, who knows? That's not the point. That's not really, they don't even need to necessarily care about that. You could say, you could come to the end of that meeting and say, okay, I'm convinced that this is a good fit. 
Uh, we understand your current situation. We understand where you want to be. You're currently here and you've got all of these digital assets and you've got all these products and services. Your, your business in, is in this current state digitally and you want to get it to this new place. And based on this conversation, we're confident that we can help you with that through a, a mix of services. Mm -hmm. It doesn't yeah. even matter what the mix of services is. But if that, you know, it, what would a home run look like, Mr. Prospect? And the prospect would say like, oh man, I mean, if, if, I mean, if we even increase sales by 25%, I'd be over the moon. All right. What are sales now? You know, uh, well, a million dollars a year. Okay. So if we increase by 25%, then that's, you know, 125, uh, I don't know, a million, 250,000. So it's incremental $250,000. Yeah. That would be amazing. Okay. So, uh, we'll put together three packages for you that we believe will help you move that needle. Uh, it'd be sort of a small, medium, large options, depending on how much you want to invest in this right now. And we can give you rough timelines for how long we think it might take and what the shared accountabilities would be and so on and so forth. Um, we'll have that to you. We could have that to you by Wednesday. Is that going to work for you? And they'll say, yeah, sure. That'd be great. So then you can go back and say, all right, we've got a budget of up to $250,000, depending on how confident you are of moving the needle. You could say, all right, gang, let's come up with, uh, three plans. So, uh, we'll start off with a budget for each, uh, option. We're going to have three options. Um, we can't probably charge more than $250,000 for any option yeah, because, exactly. yeah, because, you know, we don't have control over everything we could, uh, it, whatever. So it's, it's probably not going to be more than that, but we could, let's say we, let's say we say, uh, three options at maybe, uh, $50,000 and $120,000 and like, 200,000. That's, that's a little high, but let's say, let's just say for, for round numbers, do an option at 50,000, an option, 120,000, an option at the hundred percent, $250,000. Okay. Team, what could we do to improve sales for this company for $50,000? And you know, you know, you, you probably know the business good well enough to be like, well, you know, they've got this current situation, they're in this current situation. We could do these couple of things. Uh, I think that would move the needle. I don't, it's probably not going to get them all the way there, but for 50 grand, it's definitely going to move the needle uh, and so on and so forth. So what the, the process that I'm outlining here is that you talk to the client, they want to probably talk about deliverables and tasks and things for you to do. And you're like, okay, that's great. But let's talk about what we're trying to achieve here. What's the ultimate goal? How mm -hmm. can we measure yeah. progress while we're uh, approaching that goal? And then coming up with prices that are based on the value to them. And then after all of that, once you've got some prices, think about, okay, what can we do to help move this needle? You know, what can we do at this, at this rate? Maybe it's a mix of things. Maybe it's, maybe it's PPC and social media and marketing and email nurture, or maybe not. It's not even, I mean, does the client really care if it's a nurture campaign or pay-per-click? Probably not. Not rarely. <laughs> right. And are they even in a position of expertise to make that decision? Probably not. No. Otherwise, they won't come to us. Yeah. So they believe that there's something, like they know somehow in a vague way from a high level that they need probably something that you do. But rather than micromanage you and change from month to month, like you said, changing scope, like, ah, oh, let's shift, let's shift resources to PPC, from PPC over to social media marketing for a little while. And they're just basically, you know, it's like you're, you're the cab driver and they're reaching over from the back seat and grabbing the steering wheel and be like, no, let's go over here. You know, that doesn't make sense. So mm -hmm. yeah, 
Okay, so now to the specific uh, question about like, how do we know if we're profitable or not? If you're attracting the right kind of clients who stand to benefit greatly from your services, you will never have the question of profitability again because your margins will be huge compared to what you're used to. So right now you're probably operating at a, if you're even worried about profitability, you're obviously operating at a pretty thin margin at the moment. Uh, Otherwise you wouldn't be worried about it. You'd be thinking about investing in the future and doing all sorts of stuff with your money and not worrying about profitability. So, I mean, there's, there's a thing called a profit and loss statement that you can look at and be like the business is profitable or not profitable. I mean, that's actually not hard to figure out if you're worried about on an individual service basis or an individual employee basis or an individual customer basis, what your profitability is to me, that says that the margins are way too thin and there's probably, you know, and the the problem isn't like, how do we, uh, how do we change to a value pricing model and not, um, uh, become less profitable? That's what I'm trying to say. How do we switch over to this and hopefully not, uh, hopefully not become less profitable. It's like, no, I mean, if you're doing value pricing, if you're attracting the right kind of clients, when you do value pricing, you'll know you're profitable because you'll be getting, you know, 50 grand for 10 hours of work or 50 grand for 20 hours of work or $250,000 for, you know, a few weeks. Yeah, then, exactly. yeah. So there's no I question. Will. There's no question. Okay. I was talking about to my, my team regarding that. And I was wondering if it was just because we weren't used to exactly, as you said, bill, uh, quite a high amount in our, in our opinion, uh, regarding or compared to the actions we will do, but we, I mean, we are able to identify uh, what we call quick wins. So low effort, high impact actions mm-hmm. that could help clients. So I think it's just, as you said, question of uh, of mindset and being sure everything is, is good on our end. And I think we'll have to dissociate what we think is, well, if you have 50 grand, you're obligated to work as many hours for mm-hmm. 50 grand as you used to. Yep. Just stick to what works. Yes. And now here's the, now here's a, another thing to worry about in a situation where you have a lot of employees, it's no longer good enough for them to put in billable time. They need to actually deliver results. And I don't, Absolutely. you know, that's a, that's a big shift. Like a, I would be surprised if a hundred percent of the employees were happy with that change because now all of a sudden they can't just say, Hey, I put in my time, I build my hours. You owe me. Now it's like, it's like, Bob, you're not delivering results. We need results because every, every hour that you spend, every time this rolls into another month and we haven't achieved these results that the client actually cares about, your salary is cutting into our profits. So it, it's a mind shift for everybody, top to bottom in the entire organization. Yeah, that's a very interesting way to see it. I never saw it like that really, but that's a very interesting way to, uh, to phrase it at least. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Mm. So you need to be when you're when you're in these sales meetings and you're coming up with these budgets, you someone, maybe it's you, maybe it's someone else needs to have, uh, you know, based on the on the on the specifics of this client situation, you want to have a high degree of confidence that you can deliver some kind of result or at least you have a, uh, you know, a 75% certainty that you can achieve hundred percent of the results or hundred percent certainty that you can get at least 50% to the goal. Would that still be acceptable? That kind of thing. Because if you, um, if you've promised results and they paid you for, you know, and they trust you and they give you a bunch of money to achieve the results, 
they're going to expect them. (laughs) So (laughs) you can't, you, you no longer can fall back on the, well, we put in the time you owe us the money. Like that is off the table. Mm -hmm. So you, you end up in, you can end up in a situation where, for example, just to paint you the, the, the horror side of this, the scary side of this, you cannot end up in a situation where you put in a ton of time and it turns out you were wrong. You were uh, overconfident or you're overly optimistic and you can't move the needle for this company. In fact, you might've made it worse or it's things are trending in the wrong way and you have to give their money back. So you need to be confident that you're actually good at what you're doing. And the better that you get at what you do and, uh, and judging your confidence level of being able to achieve these certain outcomes, the, the sky becomes the limit because you can confidently go into a sales meeting and somebody's in a situation and you're like, yeah, we've seen this a hundred times. You need to do, uh, we know exactly what to do. Uh, would you like us to double your sales by June? And they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, all right, we can do that. It'll cost you a million dollars, but we can do it. They're like, okay. And then you do it. Right. And so not only does it change the way that your employees have to approach their job, they need to deliver results, not hours. So you could, you could incentivize them with all sorts of, you know, uh, like, like, Hey, Bob, if you, if you achieve this metric, if you achieve, you know, if you get the numbers up by 50%, you can stay home for the next two weeks. Like you don't need to come in as soon as you hit this number, you're done until the next project. So instead of, so you could kind of incentivize them in that way, which is a huge cultural shift. But, uh, the other thing is that your sales team would need to, you know, people need to, um, start to think in this way where you're going to be walking away from like walking away from prospects where you probably wouldn't have in the past. So your sales team, sales teams typically want to, a lot of times they're compensated based on, um, uh, percentage yeah, exactly. in addition to salary. And so they want to close everything. They don't care if it's profitable or not profitable. They, they close, they close it, they get a percentage. So if they're out there trying to close every single deal, you're going to end up with bad clients, clients for whom your confidence level is actually not that high that you could deliver results. So that needs to, something needs to shift there so that they are not bringing garbage clients in clients for whom you would not be a good fit. And you're, uh, you're just bringing in the sort of cream of the crop ones, like somebody who's got a, a booming, $10 $10 million online e-commerce business. And they just haven't done any ads. They haven't done any SEO. They're just completely, uh, going on word of mouth, let's say. Okay. And they're just, and they're just, you're like gasoline on a fire. Like you're like, we could, we could 10 X this business. They've done nothing. So that, that would smell like opportunity. Like if somebody like that came along, I'd be like, Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, definitely a good uh, good client. So in in terms of uh, fit, that's a good um, that's a good topic. Um, we're quite okay with having different clients from different industries, but is it or would it be a good idea to invest some time before actually signing a mandate to making sure that our team is, as you said, a hundred percent confident with being able to drive results, or there's an easy way to just being able to scope out. A project or are there any uh, key things or client characteristics we should be looking for for things that do not match at all the answer is probably yes i can't give you a list of what those things are but in you know specific to your industry but no, in, that's different right but in general okay. what you're going to want to look for is clients i mean in general if you 
to do value-based pricing for a company like yours or a firm like yours, the bigger the client, the better, pretty much. Yes. So I should say it like this. The bigger the, bigger the uh, value, the bigger the upside for the client, the better, which is usually going to be a bigger company. So it's probably unlikely that, you know, you're going to come across like a solopreneur, like, I don't know, like a, some thought leader that has a course that is, she has no employees and she's got, you know, and she's selling like a $297 course and she comes to you because she wants maybe some pay-per-click ads and like a lead nurture campaign. Like what's the upside on that? Like at the okay, most, I see. right? Mm-hmm. So you could probably do just as much work to move the needle for someone like that as for, uh, you know, some micro brand under the Nike label. And they come along and they're like, hey, we're going to launch this new shoe. It's going to be a pop-up store concept and we need it. We need soup to nuts, blah, 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 launch, da, 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 da. And okay, what, what are your target sales? What are, you know? And then you talk to them about business stuff. You decide if, they're, if their um, desired outcome is realistic and you believe that it's within your capabilities. Odds are, I mean, it's almost silly to say, like odds are that this Nike micro brand pop-up store launch, there's going to be a much bigger budget, a much bigger upside for the client than, you know, a a solo lifestyle coach, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to, you'd be looking for opportunities where, um, where there's a, a big budget, a big upside for the client and they're really underserved in the areas where you are strong. So it's, uh, it's a sort of a fine line because Nike is probably not the greatest example because they probably have internal teams that do all of this or an agency of record, but you might find someone, you might find some of these sort of under the radar companies, like not household name brands, but still hundred million dollar businesses or $10 million businesses that are kind of under the radar. Um, that, you know, I'm not, who knows what they are. Maybe they're, maybe they're in esports. maybe a whole bunch of, maybe there are a whole bunch of, uh, game development shops in East that are in esports and trying to get big on Twitch or trying to attract develop. I, who knows, you know, but there might be some, some vertical niche or could be some other sort of segment of the population or types of businesses that are in this situation where they are sort of set to explode, but they haven't really tried any of the stuff that you people do yeah so the odds are pretty high that it's like man these these folks are making seven figures regularly and it's growing every year and they haven't done a thing that they you know they haven't done five things that are kind of like basic best practices that we could execute for them in a matter of weeks you know so it's like oh you know what vertical is that i'm sure they exist there's probably some vertical that's like that Okay, you're absolutely right. I mean, our best um, our best clients that we had and we currently have are these types of uh, uh, startup that got like uh, either big funding and were growing very, very, very rapidly, and we helped them uh, get into the digital world. Mm-hmm. And so I completely agree. That's the exactly the type of client we need. Yeah. So yeah, that and that would be my recommendation for anybody that's been in business for a while. You can probably look back and say like who were your biggest home runs for and and see if there are any patterns and 
just do a little bit of research uh, into those areas to see if it was a fluke or if that is more of a trend or a pattern that you could capitalize on. And it doesn't okay. mean it doesn't mean focusing your entire business and your entire website on just uh, targeting, you know, series A startups or one particular thing, you could still, your website could still be sort of, you know, we help businesses grow kind of general, you know, the sort of general stuff that you see on a lot of websites. But if your salespeople or your marketing team go out and target individual verticals with campaigns that then drive those folks to your website and the language on your website is it's a little bit more generic, but it's all around delivering these results instead of, you know, executing these tasks. So I I didn't look at your website, but if, you know, if it's all about, we can do, we can do these things for you and we can do those things for you. And our process is going to be like this. That's okay, but it's not super compelling compared to a website that says, you know, we quadrupled sales for the sneaker brand in six months with, you know, with like a, uh, whatever under $3 acquisition cost, like boom, yeah. that's a lot more interesting than, than we can set up an email campaign for you. Yeah, absolutely. We do, we do have, a, I would say a bit of both on, on the side. We do have great case studies, but we also put a lot of emphasis on the actual, uh, services offered. Great. So the, another thing you can do not to shift gears too much, but we've only been talking about value based pricing, like big projects so far. For mm-hmm. for a company like you that's got a lot of experience, has a lot of specialization internally, you could probably set up a bunch of different productized services that are extremely fixed scope that you can deliver reliably over and over and over again without, uh, you know, and just optimize them and do them more quickly uh, over time at higher quality, even though you're doing them more quickly with less effort and package those up like a product, even though it's going to be delivered kind of as a service, like manually as a service. Yeah. So things like, uh, you could do things like, um, you know, a 360 degree marketing audit or digital marketing audit. And that, that takes, you know, maybe it's a half day. I don't know. Maybe it takes a half day. Maybe it takes a few hours across a week and you could just publish that on your website as a product at a price just like you normally would. Maybe it's got some kind of guarantee, money back guarantee or satisfaction guarantee or professionalism guarantee, some sort of, you know, just like a lamp in Target. You just go in and you like buy the lamp. If you don't like the lamp, you bring it back. So these would Mm -hmm. be short term things that you're highly confident that the scope is not going to creep. You can control it. It's very limited in some way. You set, you set a price for it. That's very profitable to you. And it, it will automatically attract clients that recognize that this is what they need. Like, I know I need a lamp, so I go buy a lamp. I like this one. I'm going to buy it. So if it's like, uh, I mean, maybe there's something off the top of your head that you could chime in with, but, you know, some sort of marketing audit or, um, uh, I don't know. You tell yeah, me. I mean, like, we're, um, we're currently developing a, a similar strategy for very small businesses, um, more like a, not an automated services, but more like a kickstart package saying that uh, if you are a small business, you technically to be visible online, you need X, Y, Z properties set up and we take care of this. And it takes, it takes us not a lot of time, but they feel that they are uh, a company toward the whole process. And uh, we help them just launch or get a bit more visible on the web. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect example. And that actually sounds that, I think you could probably find ones that are even uh, smaller if you if you want to. So 
it sounds, you know, you've got a fair, you know, 50 plus people with all sorts of individual specialties. And even inside of each of those categories of people that you have with their specialties, there are probably certain people who are really good at particular things, or they have a particular interest, like they just love setting up email marketing campaigns or something. So you could, I could imagine setting up a, a range of productized services that are published at a particular price, which make them very easy to sell. Like the beauty of a productized service is they're really easy to sell. If you're attracting people to your site and you're having conversations with people and you're talking to, you know, and you've got these salespeople who want to close every deal instead of to kind of push <laughs> away the bad, client, you know, the, like the bad fit clients and just get the cream of the crop clients. What you can do is, uh, they can still pull all these people in, good, bad, and ugly clients, potential clients. And when you talk to them, be like, mm, I don't think this is a great fit for a full-blown project, but maybe you need our packaged service that's you know $9,000. And you know, it kind of talk them out of this big custom engagement that they think they need. And you kind of be like the doctor where somebody comes in and says, Doc, I need a triple bypass. And it's like, no, I don't think you really need a triple bypass. <laughs> I think what you really need to do is stop eating tacos after midnight and you, this heartburn will go away. It's not actually a heart problem. And say, you know, here's a, here's a prescribed therapy. You can either go do this yourself. Maybe you, you guys could even publish a DIY, you know, uh, digital, uh, digital marketing Kickstarter guide that has yeah, yeah, like, yeah. has like, here's what you do. Here are the services to use here. That's how much you can expect to pay. Here's how much time you can expect it to take. If you really want to bootstrap it, it's $297 and you can just run with it. And if you don't like it after 30 days, whatever, we'll refund your money. It's no big deal. Cause yes. you just, yeah, there's like no skin off your nose. Mm. And then it's you could have a, sorry, go ahead. It comes back to the point you made earlier, saying that the first conversation you have with the client is trying to convince them not to do business with you. But in that case, you have an alternative. So you right. never really lose the client. You just avoid scope creep and having a not so good client to deal with. Right. And the beauty of, of disconnecting the, the time from the money is that you can become I mean, you're only going to get more and more profitable at these things that are, you'll get better and better at executing yeah, more quickly. So you can actually get good at uh, like having skin in the game. In other words, the longer it takes us to do this, the less money we make. So management on down is all going to be incentivized to, to continue delivering quality and results, but faster. So anything that you can do to invest in your team, all of a sudden becomes a really, really profitable investment. Cause it's not just like they can say they're better at email marketing or you can confidently go into a sales <laughs> meeting and say, we are really good at email marketing. We took all these courses and we're certified and now you can pay us more per hour because we're better than the next guy. Now you are directly benefiting from any kind of professional development you do with your team because all of a sudden they're delivering results in half the time. And it's like, Whoa, yeah. this is amazing. So, you know, to kind of loop back to the beginning, obviously this takes a lot of time. It's a big cultural change. It's a big systems change. So I think the, the sort of safest way to go into it is to start to get a taste for the, the disconnected time from money feeling and come up with a couple of productized services that do not mention hours anywhere where they're all about delivering results. And you can say, oh, we'll do this, we'll do that. Here's some deliverable type things. But 
that doesn't really matter. What really matters is these are the benefits that you can expect to receive from this package. And the quicker we get it done, the better for us, the better for you. And here's how much it costs. Mm-hmm. So okay. if, if you if you can come up with, um, I, it, I would guess that because of the diversity of your staff, I would guess that you could probably come up with three of these pretty easily. And, you know, different categories, maybe ones in maybe ones in PPC or maybe maybe it's not um, sort of skill focused. It's not deliverable focused. It's more like uh, a packaged outcome, like you said, for for folks who basically don't have a digital presence and they need kind of foundation of a website, maybe social one social media profile, maybe two, maybe some pay-per-click, maybe a sales funnel, maybe a nurture campaign, a couple of like kind of like stub out each one of those things. So, yeah, okay, you know, kind of like a kind of like the the, whatever you think the minimum viable digital marketing mm-hmm. scenario is for a particular kind of company and, you know, package that up and maybe you've got something that's a little bit more, uh, advanced or for companies that already have that, but they need some, they're like, they already have like a, a funnel. <clears throat> they already have a funnel. They already have numbers. They already feel like, uh, we, we got to where we are, but we know we're not going to get to where we want to be without some outside assistance. And that sort of like next level up. I don't know. I don't. I don't know uh, enough about all the different things that you do. But I'll bet you, you if you thought about it, you could come up with at least one, but maybe as many as three productized services. Price them at a at a at a, a point where you'd be like, yeah, that like you'd be happy. You're like, yes, this would be ten thousand for this. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And then put it on your site. And when when your salespeople are talking to folks for like these custom projects, be like, hmm. Uh, you know, and they're not feeling like they're not smelling money, like a big six, seven figure budget, then say, uh, maybe you should take a look at this. Maybe you should take a look at that. And it's, it's more affordable. Uh, it's not as flexible, but it's, you know, time tested. It's proven over time. We've done this a bunch of times and it delivers these kinds of results. That might be a better fit for you. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very interesting. So yeah, okay, that's definitely a good a good first step at least. We did try to have uh, uh, such services before. I think we just didn't grasp uh, that process enough to make it efficient. But as I said, we're currently developing a new uh, new offer, so that could be our first step. And then it's on my end to make sure that the the mindset is oriented towards value and not only uh, uh, billable hours all the time. So that's a good. Uh, that's a good catch. Right, right. So it's, I mean, it's tricky to get the entire company. It's a lot of people to shift the culture to a results-based instead of a time-based um, sort of incentive. It, it's, it'll yeah. take time. It'll definitely take time. But the people at the top, like if you start to, if you start to sell, um, may, I mean, maybe you just take hours out of some of these things that you're already doing and it's not a monthly recurring thing. They say, you know, it's like setup type stuff or initial, the initial phase type stuff where, um, the, the company is looking for a result. They're not going to, it's pretty unlikely that a company is going to suddenly decide they want a different result. They might suddenly change tactic. They might want to suddenly change tactic because they feel like it's not going to reach their result. So they might switch from PPC to digital, uh, I mean, social media marketing. Cause eh, I'm not, I'm afraid that that PPC is not going to get us to this result. Uh, instead of, instead of that, you would be allowed to make those decisions about like, like, ah, geez, the PPC is not working like we thought it was. Let's try something else. 
don't worry about it client We're you know, it's not for you to worry about. We're still trying to get the results. We're just changing tactics yeah, exactly. in service mm-hmm. of getting that result. So if you can come up with some things that are, uh, that you're already doing that are less open-ended and more closed. So it, I'm thinking things like maybe a, setting up a marketing calendar, setting up a marketing plan, annual marketing plan. Um, what are some other things that you would do like once and then move into kind of implementation mode? Yes, site audits are often, if not 100% of the time, the first step to any type of SEO mandate. Same thing for PPC. We always audit the accounts, making sure we know exactly what we're going into and what will be our next steps. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely ways to, if not automate that, uh, make it much more efficient and offer it as a, like a one-shot product kind of, type of deal. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's per- that's a perfect example. So you could say... Um, and the outcome of the site audit would be recommendations for achieving uh, more traffic or, like, mm-hmm, yeah. or or more better conversions. It could be all of these things. So, so for whatever three thousand dollars or for whatever you want to, whatever would be profitable for you, like you'd be happy, or whatever price you'd be happy with, you could say, oh, for three thousand, five thousand, nine thousand dollars, we'll do a, a site audit which involves these things which will look like, you know, sound like work, like, okay, here are the things that we would do so that they get a sense of what's going on. But what really matters is once we're done, then we'll have a series of recommendations for uh, near-term, mid-term, and long-term things that you should do to correct or that should be done to correct the situation, get you to, you know, so here's here's our diagnosis and uh, prescription, our recommendations. You can do them. You can take them to some agency and we're happy to put you in touch with some cheap pair of hands that will execute this stuff for you. Or we could give you a, a proposal for uh, us to implement this for you, at which point you won't even need to have a sales conversation with them because you'll already, from the audit and from the discussion before the audit, you'll probably already know what they're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. So, so you could immediately give them like a, a three options in a custom proposal for implementing sort of different um, at different levels of whatever the recommendation plan is. So maybe, you know, uh, we could do the short term stuff for, you know, again, 50,000. We could do the medium term term stuff for 120. We can do the long term whole soup to nuts thing, turnkey solution for a quarter of a million if you want us to just take the ball and run with it. And they can Mm -hmm. be like, okay, and you can, and the whole time you're like, look, we're not going to be the cheapest. If you want to do this piecemeal with a bunch of other little agencies, you'll save a lot of money, but it's probably going to take longer. It might not be as effective, Yeah. but go for it. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a, a classic example. That's a good one. That's a good, uh, yeah. It's the more, the more I talk about it, the more I realize it's a much more a mindset thing than I thought it was. I was looking for uh, numbers of examples, but uh, it's really the way we, we do things and then the way we think about these things as well. So it's interesting to, uh, to discuss about. Cool. Hopefully it was helpful. It was a lot. And thanks a lot uh, to uh, take the time today to talk about that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Where could people go if they're curious about checking out your website? Uh, they can visit uh, makeitbloom.com or they can search for me on LinkedIn. My name is Pascal Lacote again. Um, and we're on Twitter, Instagram as well, uh, at makeitbloom on both, uh, both social media. All right. Well, that's it for this time around. I'm Jonathan Stark, and we hope you join us again next time for Ditching Hourly.
Bye. Would you like to learn how to get paid what you're worth? How about selling your expertise and not your labor? We work through all of this together in the pricing seminar. Pre-registration starts soon, and you can sign up to be among the first to know when early bird pricing is announced at thepricingseminar.com. That URL again is thepricingseminar.com. Hope to see you there. Hey, Jonathan again. Do you have questions about how to improve your business? Things like value pricing your work instead of billing for your time, or positioning yourself as the go-to person in your space. Or maybe productizing your services so you never have to have another awkward sales call or spend hours writing another custom proposal. Book a one-on-one coaching call with me and get answers to these questions and others in the time it takes you to get ready for work in the morning. Best of all, you're covered by my 100% satisfaction guarantee. If at the end of the call you don't feel like it was worth it, just say the word and I'll refund your purchase in full. To book your one-on-one coaching call, go to jonathanstark.com call. C-A-L-L. That URL again is jonathanstark.com slash call. Hope to see you there.